Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast. It is a personal transformation podcast, focusing on improving your life, business, and your relationships. Hosted by Eldin Hassa, a mindset coach, relationship coach, author of a self-help book titled, Are We All Fucked?, which is a step-by-step guide to becoming a best version of yourself. Available on Amazon Worldwide, and also on his website, eldinhasser.com. Eldin is also a spiritual teacher, public speaker, workshop, and seminar facilitator, and a successful property investor and developer, with passion for transforming lives globally for over 15 years. We have over 2 million downloads of our podcast. As a thank you, get a free copy of Eldin's book on his website, eldinhasser.com. Also, we are hosting a free Peak Mindset Masterclass. Get your free ticket on his website, formulaeq.com, or find the link in this podcast. Hurry, seats are limited. Share this podcast with your friends and family and help our mission to empower humanity. Please remind yourself every day how amazingly awesome you already are. Thank you and welcome your amazing host, Eldin Hassa. Welcome everyone to the Human Experience Podcast. With me today on the show, we have two amazing guests from United States, John Mueller and Michelle Ann. Welcome, Michelle and John. Could you kindly introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. So my name is Michelle Ann, and I'm a former mental health therapist that navigated a really accelerated timeline of ascension and awakening. And uh, now I stand as a world-class psychic and intuitive um, fairy tale activator and wealth activator. Wow, that's amazing. And you, John, please. So my name is John Muller. I'm a former Buddhist monk and counselor. So I became a drug and alcohol counselor. Then I moved into a Buddhist temple when I was 25. And I just kind of took my personal growth to the next level by being a student of and a teacher of Buddhism and meditation. And basically, um, at a certain point, I decided to, to start my own business and to kind of create a, a spiritual coaching business out of the, the meditation work that I was doing. And that led me to learning about digital marketing, online business growth, and that kind of stuff. And now, partnering with Michelle, and for a while, um, we've both been helping our business. Recently, we've partnered together, and we take it to the next level. So we've partnered together now. I've partnered with Michelle now. And we, we had previously been doing this alone on our own, helping, helping healers and coaches to grow themselves and to grow their business. And now we do it together and it's just taken it to the next level. I it's see. Forces. That's amazing. And could you tell me now, this is specifically online based business and have you been doing it in the same way prior to current lockdown and or has it always been online? For us, I think it's been online. I mean, maybe Michelle moved online specifically. I, I've been focusing online for a little while and um, I feel like most people in the world right now are really interested in online business because there's really no other way. And yeah, this is, it's, just, it's just perfect. You know, it's just perfect because there's so much that we can do online right now. And when you run your meditation classes and other classes, was it in a particular center that you operated from or was that online as well? For me, I was doing it in person up until 
well, the end of 2017, early 2018, I was doing it in person like every day. But after that, I was sporadically doing in person and at the same time building the online work. Okay. And so I understand one of your businesses today is helping coaches and consultants to grow their business and to scale their business online. Can you tell me more about that? Uh, what that entails, please? Yeah, so um, what we have and what we've created is we've created a group coaching program that really the intention is, is to collapse, I think, a lot of the separation that John and I experienced as we began to put ourselves out there and we began to build our own heart-centered businesses. So my experience is that I had in-person businesses. So I had an in-person business as a mental health therapist. And then as I began to transition to energy work, I started doing that more so in person, but I always, I kept feeling this pull to, to learn how to do it online, how to study it online. And about six to eight months ago, I was guided explicitly just to do everything online at that point, kind of auspiciously. So that's kind of how that worked for me. But, but what I found in that journey from moving from online to offline is that, um, I, I studied a lot about coaching business, um, business mastery, learning how to run a business as a coach, um, as an energy healer, a light worker. And what I found is that there was um, some really good trainings out there, but that there was a level of separation between spirituality, marketing training, business mastery, everything I needed to learn for my business. It was it was in a container that was really separate from my spirituality and really my home base as, as being a really energetic, intuitive, in touch person. And so I felt like I was almost jogging <laughs> between my business work and my spirituality and then also my personal growth. And so what John and I decided to create together is a program where that we really remove the separation. So our group coaching container is a space where you receive um, spiritual initiations, space is held for your personal transformation as well, because we know, um, and the people that work with us agree, that personal growth and personal transformation is really the key to being a successful business owner, right? It's, it's who we um, become in the process of creating a business is what really allows our business to thrive. And so this is what John and I believe, and we created this, this group coaching container to hold space for really all three points of a success, what we believe to be a successful business. That's incredible. I, I agree with you. I've experienced very similar that you had to go to various places to learn about marketing, to learn about online business, online coaching. And so what you guys created, and I think also what you have created is you hold in hand to anyone who comes in and you guiding them along the way rather than just here, learn this, set up the business. So I think it's really, really good. And I want to go back to, if we can dive a little bit into your journey, how it all started. Uh, John, I understand you used to work in a corporate world as a counselor. How did you then decide to go into Buddhism and go study with monks and become a monk yourself? Yeah, so um, it, started, it all started my last year of college when one of my counselors, was, I, was, I was training to be a counselor already. I loved psychology. Psychology was very natural. I did very well in psychology classes. And I 
I was in a class about how to be a counselor, how to be a therapist. And we were learning all these different theories and techniques of how to help people. And I was like amazed. I was like, there's so many ways to help people. I'm so happy that you get to learn how to help people. Like this is amazing. And then one, one day my teacher said something like, the qualities of the counselor themselves are at least as important, if not more important, than whatever techniques that they're using. You know, the qualities of the counselor or the therapist themselves are more important than any technique. And we had spent the whole semester learning techniques, right? And so I was like, wow, I need to improve myself so that I can help others. Because he went on to say, like, we need to become a non-anxious presence so that we can help to facilitate the, the healing of the people around us. And that put in my mind this thought, I'm going to improve myself so that I can help others. And I just set out on this journey of personal development where I started learning and absorbing, digesting all the different ways to help myself to become a better person so that I had more to offer whoever my clients would be someday. And it started working. I've read many books on many things. At the time, it was mostly through books, although I went through workshops on hypnotherapy and NLP and that kind of stuff. But I was learning a lot through books. And one book in particular that blew my mind into a million pieces was a book on Buddhism. And it was called Buddhism is Not What You Think. It's a Zen Buddhist book. And the teacher, the author explains just some of Buddhist philosophy on non-attachment, impermanence, the ego, selflessness, desire, probably lots of other stuff too, but like perspective, how our perspective shapes our reality. And for some reason, it clicked so deeply for me. And I was just like, wow, someone got it right. You know, Buddha got it right. I had learned all these different theories before. And whenever I learned a theory in psychology, I was always like weighing it. Like, maybe this is true. Maybe it's not true. Like, partially this is true. And maybe not over here. Like, there was always benefit to some, but none of them felt fully perfect to me. But when I read that book on Buddhism, it finally felt like someone got it right. I was like, Buddha got it right. This is amazing. And it just clicked for me. And I started to live from that place and to practice it. And I felt big changes were happening. And in fact, people in my life started to notice a huge difference. One of my friends approached me and said, you're my mentor. <laughs> it was a college fraternity friend. And he called me a mentor <laughs> just because I was living from this place of like really, I'd call it being just fully zen out. I was like zen to the max as much as I could be back then, you know? And um, actually I got a, life happened and I moved back in with my parents and I didn't have a clear plan for how to follow up and I was in an old environment. And so a lot of old stuff came back in and I kind of lost this thread a little bit. It didn't get lost forever, but it got covered up again. And what happened was out of fear, I decided to go back to school for engineering and because I wanted a more stable career, that kind of thing. I started chasing this out of fear and scarcity. And um, I spent about a year in school for engineering. And uh, my, my spiritual potential was getting covered up. My empathy was disappearing. And I was losing that. It was a really interesting year. And I was struggling to figure out if it was worth it or not to just go that far from my path. And maybe you or maybe anyone listening can just relate to that. Like this choice of like following your heart versus following what, you, what your head tells you is a smart idea. And just, is it worth it to have a material life if you lose all the connection to your heart? And for me, that was the place, I was in that place of decision, like what do I do? And basically, um, like, it's kind of funny. I remember I was on the snowboarding mountain. I used to teach snowboarding. And I was on the mountain 
trying to make this decision. I was going back and forth. Should I be an engineer? Should I be a therapist? Should I be an engineer? Should I be a therapist? And I was trying them on to see how they felt. And for me, when I felt like, okay, I'm going to be a therapist, the world would be like bright and full of color. And just like my empathy was there. I connected with people. There's meaning. I felt like myself. I felt like there's just joy coming through. It just felt great. And then I would try on, okay, I'm going to be an engineer. And the life would like disappear from the world. And everyone became like a two-dimensional cardboard cutout. I couldn't even relate to anyone. My empathy was gone. The meaning was gone. It was like I was living in a two-dimensional hollow shell of a universe. And that's striking, right? That's a striking contrast. And by going back and forth enough times, I just thought, well, this is pretty obvious what I need to do. I just can't do this anymore. I can't do this engineering school anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I just can't do this. It's like that saying, you can't go home, but you can't stay here. (laughs) It was like that. It's like, I can't, I don't know where I'm going to go next, but I can't do this even for a minute longer. So I dropped out of school and I found my way into uh, becoming a substance abuse counselor. Like the classes appeared to me and I was just like, oh, I'm going to do that. So I did it. I got the, I got into the school. I got an internship with the sister of the person who created, who runs the school. And then I got a job at that place and I got hired as a substance abuse counselor. And I was a substance abuse counselor for about a year, which is not very long, but I I excelled while I was there. I had the only group who was completely clean and sober um, as a counselor there of all of our locations. My notes were passed around as examples for what we should use in our office. I was, I was doing a good job, but mostly the most important thing that happened to me there is one of my clients told me about the Buddhist temple that I ended up moving to. One of my clients, I was, I was working at a place, the job that I got was 15 minutes away from like a world-renowned Buddhist temple, and I had no idea. I had no idea. It was like in the middle of the woods, 15 minutes away from where I was working, was this amazing Buddhist temple on 84 acres, amazing place, like people around the world go there. And one of, one of my clients, who had an unfortunate event and that's why he had to come to me. He's like, oh, there's a Buddhist temple up the road. Like you should go, just go see it. It's really beautiful, just go. And I went and I never left, basically. I basically never left. I I moved in within a month and I just fully immersed myself. I I was like, I didn't know quite what it was, but I was like, "These, these people have something. There's something here that I really want that I've never had before. I really want it. Like I wanna, I wanna go deeper. I wanna learn more. Just whatever it takes, I'm just gonna get more. And I didn't wanna quit my job. So I needed to like immerse myself without quitting my life. And so for me, that just meant moving in. So I moved in, but I kept my job. And I was just there weekends, mornings and evenings. And I got to immerse myself as much as I could like that, plus taking days off here and there. And it just led me on this journey of like, I would call it extreme self-development and self-reflection. And then at some point it became mastering the art of having, having to, uh, how to teach others and guiding other people. Like I had been guided, I learned to guide myself, but then I learned how to guide others. And towards the end of my spiritual life, well, I basically moved to Florida as a monk and started teaching full-time at a center in Florida. And the whole time I was, I was developing the skill set for myself, but then learning how to guide other people in their own journey, how to guide meditations, how to create transformations, that became like the cherry on top of everything I had been learning. 
that's an amazing story an amazing journey and i guess the journey continues because yes. none of us are finished article we are still developing and growing and learning and there is one thing which i think is very interesting to hear your perspective and also for our listeners perhaps we pass it over to michelle and then you can answer the same question can we see the ego and sort of what are your views and experience in in your career in your work with people on how to identify with the ego how to release it how to live from a higher place rather than just from the ego mm -hmm. so i think for me a lot of the lens and the perspective that i always circle back to when i consider questions like that is that of trauma and because my my background the work i did as a mental health therapist was i worked a lot with trauma so really understanding that all suffering from my perspective it comes from wounding it comes from a wound whether that's this life or a past life or a future life it's like suffering comes from a wound and whether that's karma right like karma we can make choices that are against natural law or but what it comes down to it all immoral behavior all immoral behavior comes from scarcity. It's rooted in scarcity. It's, it's, it's rooted in the belief or our willingness to believe the illusion in any given moment that there's not enough, right? In any given moment that there's not enough. And so that's, to me, that's the ego and that's scarcity. And that seems to be a perspective that really comfortably I just, I just keep circling back to is that the core of humanity truly is good. Um, truly is pure love, right? The, the core of every single one of us is pure love. We're just on a path to remember that and we're unconditionally supported in doing so. And this is our unfoldment. That's beautiful. I totally agree with you. We are the source. We are the infinite love, the unlimited possibilities, the infinite of everything, basically. And we identify, put so many labels and the labels, in my view, it's what the ego is to stop us to really experience this. I mean, what you just described and what I'm talking about for our listeners and viewers cannot be often understood intellectually, has to be experienced. So that's why you have been, Michelle, on the journey for so many years. So have you, John, which is a very inspiring journey that you have been on. And if I may ask you, John, what is your view about ego, your perspective, and I guess throughout your teaching as a counselor and also, um, you know, when you studied as a monk and, and taught others, I think Buddhism um, has a lot of perspective on the ego and talks a lot because I've done a lot of studying. Uh, I have not converted to become a monk, but I have stud studied a lot of Buddhism over the years. Yeah, it's okay. Not everybody needs to become a monk. It's just a lifestyle choice that for some people it works and for some people it's not their path. And that's all good. So for the ego, Buddhism is very, the whole, the core of, the, of all Buddhism is to remove the ego, basically. That's the end. That's the source of all suffering is, the, is our ego. And we can say there's two, I would say there's mainly two characteristics of ego that make it identifiable first we have to identify it and then we can remove it okay so the, the first is i would say um is a belief the ego is essentially a, a belief about who we are it thinks that we are a certain person it thinks the ego is all about separating things thinking that things are separate from each other including that we 
as a person are separate from the rest of the universe, separate from our mind, where in Buddhism we would say the, the, our self is simply an idea. <laughs> that if you look for the self, you won't find it at any level other than an idea. There's nothing within us that is a self, but we, our mind projects the idea of self, and that's all you can find, and that's not bad in itself, but the ego takes the idea of self and tries to think it's a separate individual person self and it's cut off from the rest of the world and and that's that's the core but then like the next thing that happens i guess a little bit easier to work with is this the selfishness that comes from that point thinking that we are separate is the starting point to then thinking that we are separate is the starting point to then thinking that we are the most important and believing that we deserve everything in the world and that you know we're more important than the people around us like the selfishness that comes is the second piece that we're set up in buddhism is a lot of it is to identify this happening and to let it go i don't know i hope i i hope the internet worked enough for you to hear what i said yes there were parts which they were distorted but i can sort of reiterate in a nutshell what john was saying that we human beings we have these identities and labels which relates to our job to what we do for a living our name whether we are male or female the culture where we come from our religion there are everything that we do we label as i am but what the in a nutshell what the buddhism teaches is that those things are just labels what we truly are you strip down to we are one we are love so when they say we are one they're not just talking about human beings or the spiritual beings having a human experience they're talking about all of the creation the universe it's all one it's all interlinked interconnected and i do know uh, perhaps you have studied this as well that in america they've done a lot of research over the last 20 30 years that uh, some of the people, groups of people, they were going in different towns and meditating for like a week without the knowledge of all the other inhabitants. Uh, so what would happen, they would raise electromagnetical vibrational frequency of that town where the crime level gone down by 95%, people started to feel better, started to feel healthier, more vitality. But this was only a small group of people and they have done these sort of scientific experiments for the last 30 years in many towns in the United States. So this connects back to that we are all one, that our energy, our emotion, how we interact with others from our heart, our good deeds have a ripple, a positive ripple effect on the entire universe, not just on you know the person you are interacting with so it's a beautiful teaching and it's definitely something that everyone should be applying daily to be mindful of their thoughts their emotions and also how they interact with another human being or even the rest of the creation animals plants everything around us because it does have a ripple effect whether it's a positive or negative on the entire universe it's so true and so true and the only thing that would take us away from that is the ego that believes that we're separate from everything else so well said yeah i mean i have met so before the lockdown i have been doing a lot of online coaching 
I have clients in U United States, in Canada, in Switzerland, in India, Pakistan, Italy, Belgium, France, all over the world. So before this, I was doing a lot of Skype calls and Zoom calls. So nothing really changed for me. But what is very inspiring to me is that I have met some incredible people, not just because of coaching and my services, but also I've been socializing with people. I've been attending various sort of, sort of success summits where people invited me to talk or me attending different webinars and different online events, interacting with hundreds, sometimes thousands of people who have this desire to elevate human consciousness, to share their love with the world, to share their journey, to share their knowledge. And it's beautiful to see. I mean, you know, and I know that both of you identify yourself uh, in some of the things that you do as light workers. So for our audience who are not very familiar with uh, what that means, Michelle, could you describe what the work of a light worker entails? Mm -hmm. Sure. So I think that I think that lightworker is an umbrella term, right? And I think that it's anybody that is dedicated to bringing light to the world. Light equals love, bringing love to the world, dedicated to the practice of bringing more and more love to the world. And I think from a soul mission perspective, that can look a lot of different ways. It can look like being a visionary. It can look like being an innovator. It can look like being a creator. It can look like being a builder or a connector or a unifier or a community leader. Or it can look like just being the light. And none of these things have any more value than another, right? But they just are. And um, I believe that each of us has the privilege and the birthright, if we so desire, to determine our unique note of light working and to discover that diamond and to polish it and work with it and live from it and allow it to guide us from the space in our heart. And that as we do this, that's our soul's mission. That's very beautiful. I think everything you said, just I could experience was coming from your heart. It's so beautiful to hear and to see. And how, so the mental health worker, that was one of the things you used to do in the past. How did you then transition? Did you have certain experiences that your heart and soul was guiding you into what you do today? Yeah, yeah, I love that story. I love to tell that story. So um, yeah, around 2014, I'd been working as a mental health therapist for less than five years, maybe three, four years doing mental health practice. And I had a really powerful and profound vision after breaking my ankle. Um, and I, I was with a friend after work and uh, I met my spirit guides and I actually left my body in this vision. I've never done that since, um, but it was, it was loud enough of a moment that I knew that my life had forever been changed. Have you ever had that? Where it's like, you know, after this moment, my life is forever changed. And I'm not quite sure how or in what way, but I know that everything is different after today. And so I knew that my mission after that vision was, was whether I realized it or not to kind of figure out why I had that vision, right? Why did this occur? And so I set out to do that. And, and I went from, I've always been a very intuitive and, and psychic person without knowing it. Um, but basically like my veil was just pulled off and, and there was no veil anymore. And so it was this really curious interplay 
between not having no bail and sanity and the concept of crazy, you know, because I was still actively working with clients at this time and really navigating, um, honestly, this powerful awakening of my own gifts. It's kind of like taming a wild horse, if I'm going to be honest with you, in this season. And so within about a month of that vision, the divine brought me five to seven people that were all extremely seasoned light workers. They just brought, they just came into my world. And I began to train with them without even knowing it. Um, I began to learn etheric surgery. I began to learn just how to work with energy. And I began to begin to see this golden thread between the work I was doing as a trauma therapist, the spiritual and energetic concepts that I was learning with the people that I was studying with, and some sort of future moment that I couldn't quite conceptualize. And I remember one day in my office as a mental health therapist, I had these this moment where I felt to write and the spirits had write. And I sat down at the computer and I wrote down these 12 thoughts, really powerful, nonlinear thoughts of consciousness. And I knew that I had tapped into something really special, but I wasn't sure what. And I printed them, I made like a PDF out of them. And about three months later, I was staring at them, looking at my computer, and I felt something in my heart. I felt it open up. I felt it open up and I felt myself feel into an opportunity. And I could feel that, that what these thoughts were, were actually the beginning of a timeline that I had opened up. It was the beginning of a new beginning that I didn't even know that I had opened up. And I could tell that I was being given an opportunity to basically follow these through, to follow these 12 thoughts through to wherever that led. And I knew that basically to do that, I would give up everything. I'd be giving up my practice. I'd be giving up my license. And I liked my practice. And I was, I was quite good at it. I was well-respected for my work. Uh, I was quite good at the one-on-one -on -one work that I did. But I, I was also aware that there was a cap. I was also aware that there was a certain level of creative expression within myself that I would never be able to fully realize in that space. And so I sat with it and I took the leap. And I said, yes. I said, yes. That's and amazing. That, yeah, yeah. And so that uh, began a really powerful, accelerated timeline of ascension and personal growth, extremely accelerated timeline of personal ascension and growth. And yeah, I'm kind of um, just kind of stepping out on the other side of that, of that moment of saying yes. I'm realizing that well, I'm understanding now fully what I said yes to as we really step into Lightworkers Legacy and everything that we're able to be in service with with that. And would you say that, I know you mentioned a lot of thinking and a lot of thoughts coming, but would you say that you were being used as a conduit, as a channel for this information to channel through you? Because I don't think it came from your analytical thinking, came from another place. Yeah, it was all higher self. It was yeah, all higher. That's what I felt that uh, when you were describing, because you went inwards when you were describing, you were not in your head. So yeah, that's incredible. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people are searching and they are on a journey to have this experience, but uh, you guys have been fortunate to have these experiences a while back. And now you are teaching others how to have these experiences on their journey. But you also, I think you are sharing the techniques and systems and methods of how to get into it without 
how to overcome challenges and obstacles and how to guide these people to achieve what they want to achieve basically so yeah. i think that's incredible now because a lot of people around the world because this podcast goes globally I would like to ask you, what could you recommend for people who are going through a lockdown? Some people still are in quarantine. They're not allowed to go out only perhaps to pharmacy, any medical reasons and grocery shopping. So what could you recommend for people to help them deal with their anxiety, with the worry, with any sort of mental health issues while they are in the lockdown? Any particular practices that they could do a few minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, what would you recommend? So what I would say is, so first, they, I can think of three things that everyone should do. Number one is we should all find a some kind of like very grounding wellness practice that makes us feel more peaceful and calm, such as meditation. So meditation is by far the best and also the it's the best practice for us to do but also it's completely free, right? So all you need is your breath and you just find your breath, you focus on your breath and basically all your problems will start to disappear. <laughs> the more you focus on your breath, the more your problems disappear or have inner peace inside us. And over time, that reservoir nourishes us and gives us something to draw from, gives us somewhere to draw from when, when we need to. So it's not too late to start. If someone's listening to this, and they haven't really begun a meditation practice yet, it's not too late to start. They can just simply sit down and do some breathing and their problems will literally start to disappear while they're meditating. So that's number one. Number two is we actually need a way to, uh, to engage with the negative thoughts. Like there's gonna be negative thoughts. We're not trying to run away or ignore them. We have to face and embrace those and kind of look at them. And what I would say is, most people have mistakenly put their trust in the outside world for their happiness and freedom. And that in times like this, when the outside world gets shaken, they get shaken and their happiness and freedom get shaken only because they've already put too much trust outside themselves in the first place. So this is a very good time to re-examine our, our strategy and to simply decide to put our trust and freedom on the inside. Put, put our trust in something, invest in something on the inside this is where our faith should be. Our happiness comes from within. Our freedom comes from within. These are inner experiences that we develop on the inside. And that no matter what happens on the outside, if we already have the, the pieces of happiness and freedom inside us, we're fine. Like, we're totally fine. I, like, I'll tell you, like, for a fact, this quarantine has been the best time of my life. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's been the best time of my life. And not only was it like not bad, but it was actually extremely positive for me. But why I had already a reservoir of inner peace and I have a way of mitigating fear because I, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in fear. I don't like fear has a particular voice that is trying to speak to us. And it tells us to be paranoid of this and it's all afraid of something on the outside. That's a voice that we should disbelieve. Fear is wrong. Whatever fear is saying is completely wrong and we should ignore it completely. We should realize that it's speaking untruths to us. And if we don't feed it, it won't grow, right? Most people feed the fear and then they turn on the news and they feed it even more. And I went to Target and I saw people with fear all over their faces with the mask on, like people are afraid. And it's because they believe the voice of fear 
And so we need to learn to not allow it to speak to us and to just disbelieve it. You know, I believe in things that are bigger than fear. And yeah, I don't depend on the outside world to make me happy. Things could fall around, fall apart around me. And because I haven't put faith over there, I don't get disturbed. So that's number two. And number three, I would say, just be really practical. Like, even though I didn't believe the fear, I still stocked up on groceries. I still bought lots of water. I still made sure I was set for a month if I needed to stay in my apartment for a month. I think being practical is important. And so I did that too. And I believe that in times like this, we can take a mental attitude of freedom where we're not fully believing what's appearing to us outside, but we still can take practical actions such as stocking up on food, staying away from people, etc. So that's what I would do. Yes, I, I think I would agree with you. Definitely for people who have been in the lockdown or still are, they should invest inwardly and have mm -hmm. inward experiences to focus on their inner peace and perhaps replace fear with consuming positive content rather than watching news 24 seven, read positive content, listen to positive content, watch positive content, and then also have the experiences perhaps practice gratitude. So gratitude is the vibrational frequency of love. It's at the same level where fear it's a vibrational frequency somewhere down there in the bottom of the well, which you don't want to be. So, and a lot of people, they project negative thoughts. They are practicing to be as a psychic, like I have a crystal ball and they keep having a mental rehearsal of what I don't like to see happen and often goes under their conscious awareness. So by, as you say, be aware of your fears, of your thoughts, of your attitudes, and then choose. So step one, practice meditation. Step two, become aware. And step three, replace with something positive and be practical that's really really good thank you thank no, you that's uh, I, I really appreciate i mean you and i and michelle three of us we are in sync yes. we are sort of we sitting together in the room we we cuddle in we are <laughs> holding hands spreading love no i really yeah, like it it's, sure. it's it's brilliant i mean you know even though we are miles and miles i'm in london you in us uh, I'm in the UK and yeah, so it, it feels like I'm, I'm sitting there with you. We're holding hands and uh, we are spreading love and positivity with the world, which is incredible. And so for you, Michelle, I know that you do energy healing and things like that. So do you do one-to-one? -one? Do you do uh, group healing? Or, and also, I have seen few people uh, over the years have been talking about particular type of meditation for healing, improving the immune system, and things like that. Do you have much experience in that? And can you share some views about this particular topic, please? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd be happy to share a little bit about the, what I call the body of work that I've created through my, through navigating my unfoldment, right? So for me, what that looks like is it looks like that I do, I can do energy activations is what they're called. So I can basically pull in frequencies from the divine that are new energies for people to receive. So it's basically, um, they're energies that are designed to support 
people's personal development. So they'll, they'll support people in stepping into a new energy, but what that requires of the person as well is maybe a little bit of healing, a little bit of clearing on their own. In my weekly Facebook group, I provide weekly wealth activations, which includes an energy transmission. And it's in my one-on-one -on -one work, what it looks like more is that I have the ability to see in, in, and understand the deep mechanics of people's inner, inner worlds, if that makes sense. So I actually have eyes to see the deep subconscious, but I can see it at many different levels and many different layers. So I can see it through the lens and the perspective simultaneously of, for example, the chakras, the different layers of, of magnitude. So like at the individual level, the collective level, the group level. I also can see like the grid lines. So what somebody's moving through, how it connects to the ley lines of the earth. I can see how it connects to their individual chakra system and what they're moving through. I can see if it's ancestral or karmic. I just have the ability to, to I understand what's happening at an energetic level in that moment of time, like within that individual's energy system and world. The lens that I see most of my work through is through emotion, like because of being attracted to psychology, to mental health, I just understand things emotionally. I understand people as emotional creatures. I, I, could, I could take like the physical illness, but I see it through the emotion or the, or the triggering events of the emotion that caused that, if that makes sense. It does um, make I sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's sometimes it's difficult to even fully express what I do. And so I'll use titles the best I can to describe it. But really like the depth and the depth of the work I do is, is honestly, it's hard to convey sometimes. No, I, underst I, I yeah. understand it. But I think you have described it very well for uh, our viewers and listeners. But if some of the people listening or uh, watching the video would like to attend one of the group events that you and John are running, where can they find you? I, I know you mentioned Facebook. Is there a particular name of the Facebook group they can subscribe, they can follow? Uh, they could. The best place would probably be uh, to go to lightworkerslegacy.com. Okay. So that's our business name, lightworkerslegacy.com. And we have a free masterclass. It's like a webinar and uh, you can watch the masterclass uh, for free. And that's, that's a really good place to start. That way you see who we are, you see what we do. On Facebook, you can follow us. I don't know if when you post this, you're gonna include our, our names like written out somewhere, but if you follow us, you'll find our Facebook group there. Michelle's group is called Radiant and Rich Lightworkers Society, which is really fun. Uh, my group is right now, it's called Guru Mastermind, but it's gonna get a name change pretty soon, I believe. The but, um, monk something something. <laughs> uh maybe, maybe. The, no, the, so the magical marketing monk yes so <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one so um i'm going to post uh all the links for michelle's group and your group john and also your your business website in the podcast and uh, so in any promotional material i'm going to make sure that all the viewers and listeners can find you if they want to take you up on your coaching one-to-one -one, or if they want to subscribe to some of your courses and some of your future training if they need help with their marketing with their business strategy how to grow their business 
uh, how to elevate their business online. So I understand you offer the full package and you hold their hand through the process, through all the pitfalls. And so they don't have to make mistakes as beginners and waste thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, you say, look, this is how you do it. Follow these steps and you are part of the community. So you are not on your own. You are part of the community. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, we, we help with the, the practical strategies for growing business but but mostly what we do is um is helping a person rise to the occasion rise to their highest level so they can bring themselves to the world in the best way that they want to yeah so we call that um our divinely appointed position of power and authority that this is that magical moment that many of us are actually being attuned to yeah yeah and we help them to rise yeah. That's beautiful. Your business name or your group name, whatever you're going to change, has to have something magic, mystic, something in there. Because mm. I can experience your energy. It's very magical, uh, both of you. Thank yeah, you. I mean, you genuinely just, I mean, you do it as business, you are making money, but I can feel that's not the reason why you do what you do. That's right. you, you are connected so profoundly in your heart and soul of who you truly are, your higher self, and both of you, you are used as, as conduits just to express this creativity to co-create with the universe and help humanity and i applaud you for that uh, mm -hmm. thank you very much for all your hard work yeah and thank you for holding space as you do right yeah. i mean you're holding this podcast like i've learned a lot just from being on here with Absolutely. you and you're helping so many people so i'm praying that everyone who's listening to this decides to to stop watching the news forever and only listen to your podcast from now on. Because... <laughs> wow, incredible, incredible. And, um, and I do feel that there was, a, there was a genuine, profound connection between the three of us. And this is a first collaboration of many to come. And I look forward to perhaps having you again on a podcast or perhaps even uh, on, uh, I'm creating a number of success summits this year where I'm going to have different experts in different fields, but it is about uh, personal growth, personal development. And I think you two have particular area of expertise, which uh, people would like to learn and to know more about, which we discussed earlier. It was an absolute pleasure to have you, you. on my podcast, The Human Experience. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, all the best.